Hello everyone and welcome back to the Shuttle Pod. This is episode number 55 and we are recording on July 24th, 2018. I'm Brian Drew and I'm here along with Matt Wright. Hey Brian. Hey, how's it going Matt? Pretty good. And uh, today we have a very special guest with us. This is his first time with, uh, with the Shuttle Pod. He is the founder of TrekMovie.com. And he's going to tell us about his experiences at San Diego Comic-Con this week. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Anthony Pascal. What's up, Tony? Just happy to be here, man. Happy (laughs) to be back. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. Thank you very much. So as I was saying, Tony was in San Diego for all the Comic-Con festivities, and he's had a bit of time to recover from the experience. And uh, (laughs) we thought we would ask him how things went so tony how did it go how 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 was the insanity that is san diego comic-con well i haven't been in a few years and actually it was it, it, i think there's more people there now but it it was more relaxed than the last time i went which was a few years ago maybe it's because i'm more experienced at it now but uh actually it was it was it was a lot of fun even though there was a lot to do um even though it was packed and crowded and noisy and hot and all those things, it you know it's it's something every nerd, you know, it's kind of like you know every Muslim should go to Mecca, right? You know, every nerd should go to Comic Con <laughs> and experience it at least once, or maybe once every seven years. I don't know what the rules are, you know, but I'm like by far, <laughs> yeah. yeah, once every seven years, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've been to the the East Coast equivalent of the New York Comic Con, and that's complete madness. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I think that's a lot like WonderCon, which I've been to a couple times. Nothing's like Comic Con, not Star Trek Lost. I mean, nothing. Yeah, nothing's yeah. like it. It's it's yeah. just the bi- I mean, the, the just the sheer size of the building is insane, um, and it's so. And yet, some things aren't even in the building. It's right. the, they've already. I mean, the big things like the Orville panel was at the Hilton, which is uh, uh, kind of across the street from Hall H. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Wow. And that and that was packed. That was the Indigo. Um, and then some panels, like uh, Larry's panels and the one I went to for um, Space mm-hmm. Command, are at the library, and that's a bit of a schlep. Right. Um, and there's some other places, too. Um, so they're kind of, they've it's this giant building, and they've already outgrown it. You know, yeah, so. yeah, that's crazy. Well, this is like geek is chic right now, so there's no end to the growth. That's true. Although, what's interesting is there's a lot of things that didn't happen this year at Comic Con. There was no Marvel panels, no Star Wars yeah. panel. Yeah, so, they've all pulled out. Oh, for their that's own true Disney. because they do the D twenty three thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then obviously celebration. Well, when I say Marvel, I mean Marvel movies. You know the. Um, uh, Marvel TV was there, and a few right. there was a few panels for them. Right, and, and Marvel Comics itself was there, obviously. And that, yeah, so right. I, I yeah I misspoke, but the TV because we're in peak TV, TV is more and more dominates um, Comic Con, especially because I think a lot of TV shows are trying to differentiate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so. You know, we made a big deal when we reported that, oh my god, Star Trek Discovery is going to be in Hall H. And that was a big deal. But there were other things in Hall H. The Walking Dead was in Hall H. I think there was a Better Call Saul thing in Hall H. A lot of stuff. I mean, 
Ballroom 20 is still pretty huge where they were last year. And a lot of, you know, most of the TV shows were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And CBS used Ballroom 20 for a couple of their things. Um, They only used Hall H for Star Trek because that's, you know, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, no, it was great. Absolutely. And speaking of Discovery and Hall H, we had Tony, I think you were in there and our colleague Christine was in there. Well, the the, the strange, well, the weird thing is, and this is one of the weird things. I mean, I don't know if we want to go behind the scenes stuff, but when you're doing press at these events, you you aren't in there. So I'm actually across the street in the Hilton during the panel in the press room setting up the camera, while Chris while Christine is in Hall H, and so you know I I'm not I didn't see the trailer until it was online. Um like everyone else and i was following the twitter feed just like a reader like everybody else mm-hmm. just yeah. like well you know with it's the, awkward really they, they put you in that position basically like no well, that's no one person can see everything in a way well that i mean it's 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 just the way it is you know but sometimes right. it gets confusing like when we were at WonderCon, we only sent christine down so um all right maybe we had a couple people i forget but christine was in the press room and they introduced um, the Section Thirty One guy, the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now I'm blanking on his name. During the panel, and showed a clip, but none of the people in the press room knew. Yeah. Knew that happened. Oh, crazy. <laughs> wow. And so he shows up in the press room, sits down at round tables, and and people were literally asking, "Who are yeah. you? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? You yeah. know, Alan the, Alan Van Sprang. Right. Uh, and, and, right. Yeah. And, because they hadn't seen the clip, they'd never yeah. heard of him before. He's not that famous. Um, luckily, they didn't just you know throw someone at us where we hadn't seen it. But you know, it's difficult working up questions because you don't know what was going to be revealed and right. not revealed. Yeah, I had right. questions on my list that were now moot because they were covered in the panel. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and so I had to change my notes. That was part of the uh, anyway, but this is way too like inside baseball. No one really cares how we make the sausage around here, right? No, but want... it is it is interesting. It, it actually it shows is the scale of that whole thing. Yeah, and also that you're gonna have to really quickly change on the fly, like you just like you had to. You actually had to do this a couple times, I think. Right. Quickly, you know, think on your feet and spin out a slightly different question to be right because of this. Right. So and come up with new questions. And uh, so so you know. kudos to you because I don't know if I could be a, so light on my feet you know what i mean like so quickly well I, well people have already seen one area where i screwed up because i i yeah wrote a question about pike and how he, you know he was affected you got the time ordering wrong oh, yeah well. and, you know yeah. so uh, uh that's but i got uh, him to you know reveal that he was you know full season cast member which is huge that's yes huge. yeah so we're speaking about anson mount who was at comic-con yeah Right. He was with the he was with the cast. He there. was with the cast. He, as Tony learned when he interviewed him, he will be a cast member for the entire season. Yeah, all thirteen episodes. He's a full cast member. So the theories that we had that that the Enterprise arc might only last three or four episodes were incorrect. So well, it's important yeah, to differentiate. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I I'm still convinced. I've always been convinced that the Enterprises, they're just not going to let it hang around much. So, right, yeah. So, it, you know, it, 
it's just going to leave like fairly quickly in the first episode. Yeah, in fact, sure. I think they show that in the trailer, which just goes, you know, bye bye. Yeah, yeah um, Discovery warps away from it and like bye. Yeah, because I think having the Enterprise around is just a distraction. But I they're agree. gonna they're gonna keep Pike and maybe he brings a couple of his buddies around and and Rebecca Re- Romain will be commanding the Enterprise, obviously. Right, um, right. No, I I miss when I when I said the enterprise i kind of just meant you know pike and the whole pike right the we, we, I, I should have been clear about it but we talked about this uh we talked about this a little bit in prior podcast too we're sort of taking bets is is pike just around to sort of kick off the season you know is he around for like two or three episodes mm-hmm. or what and now it's obvious that he's right. the uh he's obviously the discovery captain of of right <laughs> of the which, week you know of which the series. we speculated might happen both yeah. on the podcast and in our own, you know, private discussions, we yeah, we've this was definitely this for, a yeah. possibility. Yeah. Well, how do you, uh, I mean it, it? It it's the solution that was staring us in the face because when when they said yes, they're going to do a Star Trek show back in mm-hmm. two thousand and whatever, um, with, where the main character isn't going to be the captain, mm-hmm. I remember at the time, and I think I I wrote about this about how do you keep the captain from becoming the star of the show how do you right there's right. kind of a natural, yeah, a natural gravity within star trek for people to go well he's the captain he's the star and so yeah. the solution is a um Rotate. rotating captain <laughs> so the, so captain the, of the week every right. season so the first captain turns out evil second yeah, right. second captain we know has to leave because he's got to go yeah. back um, to the enterprise back to the enterprise and then eventually get you know horribly <laughs> mutilated um, <laughs> yeah so you know and and season three you know is it yet another captain or at some point you know they're gonna put burnham in the captain's chair the question is is it when the yeah. last episode uh, or is it you know are they gonna do a season or two with her as captain right, right. so keep in mind they still there's still supposed to be a captain waiting for them on Vulcan. Yeah, right. This this poor captain. So they're gonna have so to for resolve 13, that too. For thirteen so. episodes, this captain is gonna be twiddling his thumb. Hey, yeah, what <laughs> happened? Looking at his watch, looking at his watch with his luggage sitting right yeah, next yeah. to him, like where the hell are these people? <laughs> they should cut to him. They should like just have some frustrated Vulcan, and they should just cut to him once an episode. You know, each right. episode he just gets angrier and angrier, but he's holding it in because he's a Vulcan and he's yeah. a captain, so he's cool about it. But he's like. All right. Yeah. This is not logical. They should have been yeah. here. Exactly. So we just mentioned uh, a certain second officer in passing here. Uh, one that we were pretty sure we would somehow see, which is which is that Pike has a fairly famous uh, second in command. Fam- famous partly because she seems to have no name, <laughs> in, <laughs> at least in canon, although I imagine they will fix that this season. And that is that we will see number one. Former, you know, the famous role from the cage, played by originally by Major Barrett Roddenberry, and Anson Mount got to kind of jokingly pretend that he slipped up and said that who was cast. It's a fun little moment, and so we now know that Re- Rebecca Romaine, of among many other things like the X Men mm-hmm. movies, <clears throat> is cast as number one. I have to say, I've always known her as a blonde. I know, I know she's done mm-hmm. many things as a brunette, but I totally know her as a blonde from most things. So it kind of threw me for a loop for a second. And then when we were making our article, there's a great side-by-side of her uh, 
and straightened black hair. And I was like, okay, now I get like visually, I get it. Like I can mm. see it now. Right, which is her current or was her current look on the show. She was most recently on The Librarians, which was... Right, right. So it makes mm. sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they actually give her a name, because I know that Jean originally intended for her... She's not, I think, supposed to be from Earth. Right, yeah. She's from another There's species, and her rare name is actually number one. Yeah, it's... But that was never canonized, I don't think. That was just something that, that was kind of like maybe Gene's own head canon about it or something. But like that, if if it had gone to series, maybe that's what would have happened. It's been covered in the books. She has a name in the books, including some of the the recent, uh, the Legacy series, I think it's called, which Mm -hmm. is a good series of uh, um, TOS books that came out a couple years ago. Mm. Um, And she's a major character, so... They get into her name, which should we yeah, say and, and what it is? Is a spoiler? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, it's not a spoiler. Her name been, is Una. Yeah, right. which is which is like hilarious, right? Because essentially, it's a feminine version of Una, oh, which is one. One, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, she's officially named that in Desperate Hours, which is, as we know, is sort of semi-officially sort of jibes with things when they want it to. Discovery novel. Right. <laughs> so maybe they'll continue to use that, like, officially. We'll see. Right. Yeah. They, they have brought stuff from the novels. I think Kayla Detmer, I think mm-hmm. Kay, the first name Kayla originally came from the oh, books. Oh, it's from the book. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I've talked to the authors. They, <clears throat> they were developing the books a long time ago. Even though one just came out, they were all three developing the books concurrently mm-hmm. with the with the writers in the first season and a lot of the stuff right. that they developed apparently went you know back to the writers room for them to do with as they will including apparently uh, James Swallow worked on the uh, Saru book said mm-hmm. that a lot of the stuff that he was doing for Saru they said well you know we're going to do that on the show so that's right yeah. you can't do that in the we don't want you to do that in the book so he just gave him them all the stuff he developed and he's not sure if they're going to use it or not but but they have it yeah they, yeah they have a bible they have backstories for these characters and they could drip it out a little bit at a time right anyway well that's an interesting because we should remember that little uh tidbit when we come back to the short tracks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes but we before will, we will. before we get there though let's finish up what else you know other few little things we learned from the panel and of course, we can talk about that trailer. So, yeah, we found out that um, Spock is going to make an appearance this season. We're not quite sure how. I mm-hmm. think there's definitely going to be some sort of flashback. To yeah, that much. That much we had confirmed. So that, yes. Yeah. Now we're, we're we're fairly certain it's adult Spock, and he's yeah, already they, been cast. Yeah. Um, the way so, they talk about it, they're pretty. They're implying adults pretty hard. Yeah, but we yeah. don't know that for certain, do we? I, we, yeah, we do. So okay. it's it's adult Spock. Okay. So. And that um, completely contradicts what <laughs> Alex yes. Kurtzman, Aaron Herberts, and Gretchen Berg told us, which was that they were not going to use an adult Spock. Yeah, it's interesting. They were very, they were very adamant about that towards the end of season one, mm-hmm. which misdirection or just change of plans i don't know you know uh, unclear you know yeah it's very unclear yeah mm. 
But but he's he's not a major character in the same way. I mean, he's a major character, obviously, but he's not playing a role like Pike is in every episode. No, and, right, no. right, right. You know, so in fact, yeah. it's. I mean, the trailer we, makes that clear that he's not really around. Yeah. Right, and he's part of the mystery of what's going right. on with these right. seven lights, and he's somehow tied into that. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess we can, why don't we step into the trailer since we're just we've already since we're talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah. So yes, go ahead, Tony. Like you were saying, like he's part of like a larger mystery involving these seven red lights <laughs> that they encounter that are somehow part of the fabric of the universe. I guess is that what they were trying to say? In That's the what it seems like they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Some it's something of... like they, you know, it, it's it's the old, you know, there was a message. That was always there, you know, something, you know, part of the background radiation, something that they've only become aware of it in a way that reminded me a little bit, uh, maybe not of, um, the Arthur Clark's 2001, you know, where the monoliths were always there. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. We just had to come across them. Exactly. And become aware of them. I think they're probably going for something like that. They're trying to look a little profound or something in that manner. Yeah. Well, uh, there was also a clear religious tone. Um, yes. The, the kind of alien had a bit of a, um angelic or possibly demonic, it's hard to tell, feel. And Burnham's talking about belief, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that goes, that goes back to what we heard the sort of overall theme for this season was anyway, which was sort of a, a faith or whatever versus sort of science and empiricism kind right. of thing. So, so there were seven lights, right? Yes, I, I believe so. I don't remember, actually. Yeah, seven lights. What is it? The Seven Tribes of Cobol? Is that they're going <laughs> to... <laughs> That's a different franchise. No! <laughs> the, um... And, of course, the Spock being called Only... to it or distant was very yeah. reminiscent to, for of uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture. For oh, me, yes. Where he was called so. by V'ger... You know, and he gave up the Kolinar, threw the necklace on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so something like that happened before. You know, and apparently you could do this in Starfleet. And you're like, hey, I'm having this religious Vulcan epiphany. I'm I'm out of here. I'll be, you know. <laughs> so and it's like, Pikes. well, you gotta remember, Spock was not in Starfleet in the motion picture. Yeah, at that point he had actually no, no. Suspended. At that point, but I'm saying when yeah. Pike, Pike said Spock is on leave, you know, so yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. you know, but seems like an extended leave. He's not going for you know the shore leave. He's he's going on some kind of quest. Yes, right, and right. it appears that he goes missing or something along those lines. Yeah, I think it's the whole. We don't really know where he is. He went on this quest, and no one knows where he is right now. Kind of. Does thing. that mean they're going to go on a search for Spock? I, I think they are, Brian. I think they are. Yeah, absolutely. So we so we have a, a motion picture and search for Spock mashup going on in a way. <laughs> who who would have thought? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think because there's seven of these things, I mean, it, 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 the implication is they're um, spread around the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which yes. means yes, that totally. obviously they can't get to all seven. Well... Unless well, they, well, well, yeah. You never know. I think, I think that's why they need the Discovery, is to jump... Into certain places, faster. right? We'll, we'll Are, see. Is the spore drive back again? I don't know. Yes, it, it would also oh, it would I mean, also I mean, give them an ex- functional. 
it would yeah. also give them an excuse to bring the Klingons back because maybe one of the lights is in Klingon space, and so they mm, got to sure they have to go talk to Laurel. The, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's unclear what the Klingon from everything we've heard and seen. There doesn't seem to be any place for the Klingons in this story, but right. I, th- I forget where it was, but I think well, I was reading somewhere that they're gonna they're te- they're planning to alternate. Like they really will sort of follow story A and story B, right? And story A is like the Starfleet crazy discovery thing, and story B is what Lorel's doing on. Uh, Kronos, but right, which is, I mean, they obviously this, you know, that's the Game of Thrones structure mm-hmm. of um, following multiple POV characters who have entirely different things going on, but are maybe semi-related. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and hopefully it doesn't feel like it's just totally unrelated, and it's like there's like two different shows. There's the Klingon show and the Federation yeah. show, right? Uh, um, yeah. But we'll that's see. That's a risk they run. Yeah, because yeah. I have to be honest with you guys, I really don't care about the Laurel Rock thing at all. Like it just does. I have no interest. I had no interest in seeing any more of their story. But. Well, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't really have any relation to kind of the core Federation Starfleet story, then you know maybe it's compelling. But they're you know they're going to have to make it compelling for us to care because every time they cut away from the Discovery, we'll be like. You know why are we on Kronos? Why do yeah. I care about this? Yeah. This argument and you know and the cling. You know Lorel's holding her the button on the detonator, going, oh, "You better listen <laughs> to me. I'll blow us all up." Well, so so the one thing that doesn't this trailer doesn't have at all, but we know plays an aspect of it in the season is Section Thirty One. So I think right. maybe they weave it through with, you know, maybe that's a through line that somehow Section Thirty One touches everything, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So overall, guys, what did you think of the trailer? We haven't really discussed it as a whole. Um, reactions? Matt? Overall, I liked it. Um, I think it was fairly, you know, fairly positive to me. Um, it's kind of It was kind of cool. There's a lot of cool action stuff that you'd sort of expect from a trailer. But, of course, I do wish that there was a little more meat and potatoes and less like, hey, look at them in spinny drones going through an asteroid belt. <laughs> but that's also to be expected as a trailer. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, yeah, I would yeah. say so. I think I think what we just saw there was probably the first two ep- footage from the first two episodes and nothing more, which makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, primarily the first. Primarily uh, the first, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you think about the first trailer that we saw last year, although the timing is different and stuff like that, but almost all of it was from the pilot or at least the two-part pilot. I yeah. mean, rem- I mean, everyone remembers like. Where's the discovery? The you know the, yeah. we never we yep. don't even see it. What'd you think of the uh, the trailer, Tony? Um, I thought it was compelling. I um, it was obviously action oriented, and um, you know the pop music, the rock music, was to make it more mainstream. Um, and I always think that's awkward when they attempt to do that because it's like it's yeah. not mainstream. Come on, no. just. Just yeah. go, and, and just go Lenny, with it. And Lenny, do we really? I mean, Lenny Kravitz, really? Yeah. And it was, I think, it was an awkward remix of it too. To be honest, yeah. the yeah. but, uh, it. I think they're trying to show that season two will be more fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Will be yes. will Definitely. be more space adventure Yeah. Um. 
and uh, more character oriented. I think mm-hmm. which time. is good. Yeah. Yes. Most um, which makes sense because we know the characters more. Um, and I mean, maybe I'm reading the lines because of what we're being told, which is there's more of these qu- quiet moments, more of these mm-hmm. character moments in season mm-hmm. two. That's something that they learned from season one that fans, which I don't know how they didn't realize fans liked yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Of course, we, fans like that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we've made that comment before. Of just like, really? Uh, hey, okay. Like, how have did you ever watch Star know? Trek? Yeah, yeah. But it seems like maybe they actually took that lesson to heart. Yes, which is great. Know, which is hopefully good. they did. Uh, yeah. I think. I mean, it, zooming out when you look at the trailer, the press conference, the interviews I've done, the panel, and I take everything from what everyone said, and he, the general vibe I get is we know. We know, and we've listened, we've heard, and I mean, I'm not saying that they're saying, "Oh, you know, the show was bad because it wasn't." I love, I love Discovery, but there are issues with Discovery. I think they're aware Definitely. of what those issues are, mm-hmm. um, and they are trying to address them. Certainly, when Alec, the way Alex Kurtzman talks about canon, he's like, "I promise." He uses words like "promise," "guarantee." Mm-hmm. You know, the, you, you don't say things like that unless you know. That you you need to convince people of something. And, <laughs> That's yeah. true. This you know, is true. So we'll see. They they have been listening, you know, not to every criticism because there's some stupid criticisms of the oh, show. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to suddenly show us how everything suddenly turns and looks like it's supposed to look in the no, original no, series. They, they, they made it very clear that this is a visual reboot, and and you just have to make peace with it. Like, right, but sorry. the story canon, the connections to the story canon are the things that they're going to try to tie everything together, and um, we'll see. Yeah, he yeah. did say something that confused me, though, because he said we're going to sync up with canon as if they weren't synced up to it before. What does that mean? Like, I, 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 that was never made clear what he meant by that. We're going to sync up with canon. It's one of the first things he said at the press conference. And yet they say they're always with somehow playing within the lines of story canon. So yes, like, which but, makes me which wonder, is like, what, what, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think what that means is that they're going to have their story literally touch a moment that we know of. Um, yeah. So that we see what happened before and or after, you know. So uh, that's, that's how I took it. Yeah, 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 that's a, as good an interpretation as any. Yeah, that seems like reasonable. So. Yeah, yeah. I will say I enjoyed seeing um, Tignataro in it, and she provided a good, you know, moment of levity and sort of dry humor that we were sort of all hoping she'd bring. Yeah, well, that, the, yeah, that's what she's in the known trailer. For, so. Yeah, in the trailer, and um, that was good. Yeah, Discovery's finally going to get a chief engineer. Let's hope. We think. Now remember, technically she's part of the Hiawatha. Right, it sure, right. It sure seems like they come across her in yeah, a pretty I bad mean, situation. Seems, <laughs> right, yeah. Doesn't it yeah. seem like they like the the ship that they discover is like really really beat up? Yeah, and I assume they they find her in it. Yeah, it, it, from the looks of sort of looking behind her in the trailers and stuff, there's definitely some like cargo containers that say Hiawatha on them and stuff. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's just like it's just the remnants of a ship from I don't know disaster. You know? Do, doing the math, 
she they they encounter her she's on a ship that ship is lost perhaps mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. joins the discovery she remains on board for whatever yep. reason um right. and which you know maybe there wasn't you know that maybe a chief engineer gets killed off or something or they didn't have one at the time she comes on board and so she becomes the chief and who knows but uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, because she's already said that she's in multiple episodes so it doesn't right. make sense for the chief engineer of another ship to be in multiple unless they're constantly running into this Hiawatha ship which seems <laughs> like uh, hey what are you guys doing here yeah yeah so you know, they, they always describe these people as you encounter them not as they're going to be you know so mm-hmm. the press the press release is like the first time we meet her she's the chief engineer of right, Hiawatha right right, right. You know, that's all that guy. She stays that way. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, Michael Burnham was described in everything as the first officer of the USS Shenzhou, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which lasted for one episode or one two part episode. Yep. So. So, Brian, uh, what did you think of the trailer? I liked it. I thought it was an improvement over last season's Mm -hmm. Uh, preview trailer. I didn't get a particularly good feeling about the show last year. It felt like it was kind of a bleak, you know. Yes. Kind of heavy, kind of a trailer. Didn't feel very Star Trekky. This definitely felt much lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I am intrigued by the potentially cool science thing that they're pointing toward with these seven lights and things being weaved into the you know fabric of the universe and stuff like that. Right. That that has me intrigued. Um, I can't say I love the whole idea of the show leaning into the original series as hard as it's going to, because it clearly is. But I do like this potentially cool science story. So, yeah, and how they're going to frame that within the idea of you know science versus faith. I'm very curious to see how that all plays out. Well, Indeed. you know the, the the lean into the original series. In a weird way, I don't see Pike as that much of a lean into the original series. I mean, he's he's going to take off his TOS-like outfit pretty quickly. He was only in in one episode of the original series. He doesn't, you know, when I, Pike doesn't feel like the original series to me. Spock is is obviously much more so, but he's kind of this mysterious character in the background. The Enterprise is going to show up and leave, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, they're peppering it, but I, I don't see a big lean yet. Maybe they will, but uh, you know, I, I I think we can say that the fan service service quotient will be high, though. Is my guess. Yeah, you know? I tend to think there's so going to be a lot of. Remember this? Let's make a nod to that. How yeah. about this? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm along for the science story. I'm very curious about it. But as I I've said on previous podcasts, I wish. I was hoping that they would do like a nice three or four episode arc with Pike, Enterprise, whatever, and then they would go away, and then the Discovery can finally figure out what kind of a show it is. Well, but I mean, I still the fundamental thing that I see from this, which I am excited about, is this, and you get this with Pike. The, there's a, it's not a chills moment; it's an almost chills moment when Pike is talking about what is this thing. Where are they out there? Let's find out. That's what yeah, Star Trek's really all about. Moment. Yes, right. I agree. You know, that's like on the nose. That's what Star Trek's supposed to be, right? You know, and that's exciting. Yeah. So um, yeah, like I said, the science thing has got me intrigued. Absolutely. All right. So definitely an improvement over last season's 
trailer. I will say that much. I reserve judgment on the rest, but <laughs> but I think we all do. We yeah. all reserve judgment, but there's, <laughs> yeah. there's there's plenty here to be optimistic about. Yes, it's definitely yeah. better. No question. I would say, and you know what? I I mean. More? Well, you could read my thirteen reviews, or, tw- or you know, I, I did a two-part review, so I guess twelve reviews to find out what I thought of the first season. But I'm gonna, and and there's a lot I love about it. There's some things I didn't like about it, but I want to come into this one as fresh as possible. I want to let's mm-hmm. let's let let season two live on its own, and this right. has got me excited about season two. That's fair. That's fair. yeah, and and we've actually sort of talked about that um, on this podcast before. Of like, look, because of all these changes, because of all these showrunner changes. Because of, you know, how just different season one was because of, like, Fuller having an outline and then, you know, people sort of needing to follow it and sort of not, yada, yada. That really season two is almost a new show in a way, right? It's it's kind of a different beast. And so we really, people really need to give it a shot, right? They need to give it a good sort of shot that, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. And maybe this is going to work for you where season one didn't, right? Mm-hmm. So. And this will likely happen with season three too, because of everything changing again <laughs> behind the scenes. Right. So well, we'll, season we'll see. Season three is you know well obviously they change showrunners halfway through this one. Halfway through this one, yeah. And they're you know they're obviously going to have well not obviously but almost certainly Pike is not going to be in season three. Right. So okay. you know this gets back a little bit to Brian Fuller's original vision which they thought was too expensive, which is, you know, a whole new show every season. New cast, new ship, new everything. Right. And they're it's like, well, like yeah. we're not going to do new everything every season, but we're going to do a lot of new stuff every season. Yeah, I, swap um, captains, change, point, you know, change points of view, kind of, like, whatever, yeah. And that's kind of why I hope the ship isn't spore driving in season two. Yeah. Um, or at least not all the time. I want... <laughs> I tend to think they're not going to use it at all. They made a point of saying, you know, showing first of all the human cost of it at the end of the season, and making a point in the final episode of like being like, yeah, we can't really use that thing anymore. Yeah, no, no. Really think they're going to flip over that quickly and use it again? I don't think they will. And in my interviews, um, I've already posted the one with Mary Wiseman, and Mm -hmm. I posted and and the one with. Have we done the one with? um, Stamets yet with with Anthony no, Rapp? No, we have not done no. Anthony Rapp yet. No. Okay. Well, you know, preview. So so basically, you know, I've asked them, "Are you guys using Sport Drive?" And you know, I mean, these guys are never like they have definitive. To dodge it. Yeah. But yeah. it, you know, re, it feels like they're not using it. So mm-hmm. it, it, you know, so again, that's kind of a new element of discovery, um, which has what fifty seven labs on board. So maybe we'll find out what's going on in some of those other crazy science labs. It's the science hmm. ship. That's yeah. what I. That's yeah. what I mean. You said which has did, to be why Pike commandeers it, basically. Yeah. Right. There's something special about the Discovery because the Constitution class ships are are supposed to be the thing, right? And right. and yeah. you know the way Michael Burnham talks about them with Tilly, it's like oh my god, Constitution class. So if they've got to team, if Pike needs to team up in an emergency with another ship, he'd want one of the, you know, some of the other Constitution class ships or something else, but he picks the Discovery for a reason. And that's, you know, I and I hope it's not the Spore Drive, because that's boring. I hope it's something that we didn't, you know, hear about. Like, oh, yeah, on, you know, on Deck 5, they're, they're, they're doing some crazy stuff at Lab 24, you know. Right, you know? right. Because so, so. in theory, that should have been going on this whole time until sort of they were suspended 
under Lorca or whatever, you know? Right. I mean, it's a science ship. They should have been whipping stuff out every episode, like, oh, yeah, Lieutenant Fred over there at Lab 26 is coming up with this crazy stuff. And unfortunately, they have Stamets and Tilly every episode. And it would be a great opportunity for them to have guest stars. You could bring in John Hodgman for a week or whatever, you know, and just just have new crazy stuff all the time, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Not in a jokey way, but... It's a science no, ship. Sure. Let's see some science. Let's be blinded by science here. So right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, I'll stop backseat maybe that, writing. Maybe that's <laughs> season three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think there's one other little bit of news related to Discovery season is that um, we learned this also. Tony learned this while he was interviewing Wilson Cruz, but it turns out Wilson will be a regular cast member this season. He yeah. was recurring last year. He was recurring last season, and he is now going to be a full-time member of the cast, so we are... Through, through some mysterious means, he will yes, be back. He's, yes, through some means, he will be back. Yeah, and he, he implied that he should have been a, a full-time last year, but because of 13 reasons why he wasn't. So right, yeah, right. yeah, I thought that was interesting. In that so, interview. Like, oh, okay. So the implication was it was always he was always planned to be a major character. He was always planned to be killed off and brought back, and you know, and that he wasn't just a recurring character as a relationship for them to kill off, which um, is good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, I I mean, I'm excited about it. When I talk to him though, because they 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 talk so much about their relationship, and I think it's a great part of the show, but. I want to see doctors be doctors and Stamets, yes. and, and Stamets be Stamets and do crazy science and do and, Star Trekky stuff. Yeah, yep. you know. So, um, which I think they're doing. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's more the problem is is that we kind of the publicity for the show doesn't always match, and I think there's they they do like to lean into the diversity of the show um, uh, when it's not necessarily really that b- the biggest part of the show, you know, that they mm-hmm. are, you know, especially with those two, you know, mm-hmm. Stamets met Stamets had much more screen time with Tilly than he did. I don't know. I haven't added it up, but I'm guessing it feels like he did. Than yeah. He did I, I with Culber. So. Right. You know, but yeah, they never talk about that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him do something interesting. I don't know. I, I don't get the sense that he's just going to be back and he's the doctor again and it's all normal. I think there's something special. Yeah. He's got some, you know, maybe he's got a superpower or he's he's somehow <laughs> related to this to the seven lights. I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping yeah, it's something that could be maybe. Uh, I don't know. You know that I'm not sure what it is, but I'm hoping he's he's more than just I'm back. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He kind of implies as much in that interview you did with him too, where he talks about sort of holding the scars of what happened and things like. So. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. There's more to it. Yeah. It, it, whatever they do, it, it, it's it's definitely tricky business to bring him back. Yeah. Have they? Star Trek has never killed a character and brought him back just as a regular. I mean, they 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 well, they Spock. got. Um, I, I was thinking of the TV shows. You know, I was thinking. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they, they, you know, Crusher left, but she wasn't killed. Right. So. Uh, yeah, this is, that's true. This is it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, 
they killed Tasha and she came back as like various versions of herself but that's yeah, all, yeah but they were all spe- the I, I mean just it's just weird to have someone who was dead back in the cast you know it's just mm-hmm. like yeah I used to be dead now I'm fine you know well, it's, so. well yeah we'll have to see how they handle it of course although isn't it true that technically one version of Miles O'Brien that that the Miles O'Brien that started Deep Space Nine didn't he in- yeah I think he's a different version I by think the end. isn't yeah. he's dead and then but but yeah like, yeah so An alternate version I think took his place eventually yeah I think so yeah I mean that they, did, great. they didn't make a big deal out of it but uh, yeah. you know of course you die every time you go to the transporter according to some people so you know <laughs> that's a that's a heavy discussion there yes, <laughs> exactly <so. laughs> let's not get in let's not get into that one yeah yeah a discussion best left to philosophers <laughs> indeed. And so there was a bit more news. Um, we found out that there will be four mini-episodes, which will be coming out in the fall and leading up to the premiere of Discovery's second season in January. Mm-hmm. These are called short treks. So they're going to be about 10 to 15 minutes in length. They are going to each feature one character as the center of it. Um, mm-hmm. One will be about Saru. One is going to be about Harry Mudd, and will both star and be directed by Rain Wilson. One will be about Tilly, and the big surprise one is a episode by Michael Shaban, the author, who will be mm-hmm. doing a story that's a total standalone featuring a character we've never known, who will be played by an actor named Aldous Hodge, who will find himself as the only human aboard a deserted ship. Kind of has shades of the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. It does, yeah. So these sound like more character-driven stories, for the most part. Maybe the maybe the the Shabon thing might be a little more mysterious and science fictiony than the other three. I suspect the other three are more character-driven pieces. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. So that that's a pretty cool little thing. I mean, especially you know, a lot of times TV shows these days, you know, they're so worried about getting to the next scene with more spectacle more action whatnot it seems like this might be an opportunity mm-hmm. to slow everything down and not be in such a rush yeah and I, tell I, a, yeah. a character driven piece which i'm always a, a sucker for i love that stuff yeah so what do we think about this boys well i would prefer discovery starting in september as opposed to one short track but uh, yeah i think we i think yeah. we all would yeah, yeah I th- and i think we all kind of thought that's what was going to happen but well i i never thought i my my theory was always they were going to start in roughly november or so because you remember yeah, they sometime start, this year yeah yeah i thought they were going to yeah. kind of squeeze in i always felt that Les Moonves wanted Star Trek in the third quarter, and he was going to get it no matter what. So mm, I guess he's right. getting a little bit of Star Trek in the, third, in the fourth quarter, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, not the return of the show. Um, and so, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm glad they're doing something this year. I'm looking forward to them, especially Siobhan. I'm a fan of his writing. I've uh, read, I think, three of his books. Um, so, and, and that one... You know, my pet theory is that one could be a backdoor pilot to right. to, to one of these other projects that mm. Alex is working on. The other ones seem more backstory, but who knows? Maybe it's related to the Seven Light plot, because um, obviously it's a character piece about a new character. So it's not mm. the question is how is it 
how does it fit into Discovery? You know, and the other possibility right. is is that they were just excited to work with Shibani had this idea. It wasn't they didn't it didn't really fit into Discovery per se, but they're like, hey, we'd like to work with you, and why not? You know, because this is right. a bit of an anthology thing. It doesn't have to be tied into Discovery. It's set in the right. same universe, right. but um, right. yeah, and there may be some you know not a Discovery. Maybe they find the ship that the sky was on later you know some easter egg right. but right who, who knows um you know so yeah i'm 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 looking forward to it yeah i'm, I'm yeah. intrigued by these especially yeah. the siobhan short yes sure. yeah the siobhan thing is definitely i'm sure someone will bring it up but i i, I could only assume these are all going to be canon you know because they're filmed star trek mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah, they're they're official. They're officially blessed by CBS. There's no question. Yeah, they're called Star. I mean, officially they're called Star Trek colon Short Treks. So they yes. Been, so they're official. So yeah, they've got yeah, they've got so. they've got Trek in it twice. And I, and I mean, we know that they're using the Discovery like you know kind of sets and, and crew mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh yeah. Saban's thing say, literally says that he was there using staff that we know work on it so my bet is very low vfx budget they don't build any new sets for these things oh yeah definitely you know mm-hmm. it's what they've got available for sure yeah. yeah i was wondering if the deserted ship is maybe the hiawatha maybe after it's been abandoned or something yeah, that's a good idea you know because you know? they they did sure. they did get a lot of use not a lot but a reasonable amount of use out of stuff they built for the shenzhou the bridge was some of the sets were swung over, you know, which is hard to believe, but the transporter room is the same. Yeah, they, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not the same, but they well, re, they redress it. It's based it. on the same, yeah. I mean, a lot better. I mean, in the old days when they did a redressing of a set, it was, you could, you know, it was really obvious. Um, you know, it's like, add a flashing light here, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah. an extra thing there and call it different you know whereas yeah. they they go way out of their way but the the bridges were two totally different sets because there was no way to redress yeah. one into the other and yet they yeah they used the shinzo bridge a few times after the um mm-hmm. uh you know and that's they did the same thing with the uh, sarcophagus ship because yeah it, the, it's been repurposed It'll be on its third repurposing by the time I get to season two. In fact, I would, right. I would hope so. I would hope they would use that as much as possible. <laughs> they, well, they are. It's it's part that of the like an stuff expensive now. set, man. <laughs> it was Woo! expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. part of Lorel's like sanctuary or whatever. That, right, but know, it became it became the you know the Emperor's ship in between. Yeah, it was the Terran Empire yep. ship yep. before, yep. and yeah, yeah. Right, but it was also the Mirror Shenzhou. So they used the Mirror, they used the Shenzhou stuff. Yeah, at least four or five times after the pilot. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Shenzhou stuff was then gutted and it became the Section 31 like labs that from from looking at that production yeah. start of production video. So they're getting right. their mileage out of it, which is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the show's expensive, but not infinite. They've got to save right. money yeah. whenever they can. Sure, yeah. I mean, absolutely. that's just that's just that's the that's doing business, you know, that's mm-hmm. what you have to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And redressing of sets, as Tony mentioned, is a proud Star Trek tradition. It, it sure is. Yeah. Trek likes to recycle. They recycle actors. You know, I was yep. thinking about that with, with this show, because obviously, you know, you've got your your major recycled actors. You know, mm-hmm. your, your Jeffrey Combs of the world. But mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of hope that some, this, you know, Ken Mitchell is... Yeah, is Ken a fun, Mitchell. He's a fun guy, and he mm. really loves Star Trek. And he threw know. himself into Cole 
wholeheartedly. He didn't have a lot to do, but I hope that... But he didn't have a lot to do, yeah. Yeah, so I hope that they bring him back. He's a good actor, and... Yes, I hope they work with him again, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, just a side note. Heck, he could come back as a human, and you'd almost not know at this point. You know what I mean? They could use him... Oh yeah, As something else, and, and you can yeah, yeah, anything, yeah, anything at this point, <laughs> you'd never know. So. He's a good-looking guy. Just yeah, he can play a regular human Starfleet officer. Yeah, he sure could. I have no comment on that. If he's good-looking, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who's really good-looking. I just have to say because we were joking about it in the in the press room. Anson Mount is just just oh yeah, fr- frighteningly he's, handsome. He's so he's I'm a sure. handsome fellow, big, most definitely. Big, Big, you know, square jaw and stuff. Very yep. leading man, leading man, handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. that was, and that perfectly describes Jeffrey Hunter too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Very handsome, square jawed. You know, it's it's like they cast him for the role on for for a good reason. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, when they when they announced him, they showed pictures of him. I was like, oh yeah. I mean, it was yeah. obvious. Yeah. 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 I, I I've yet to hear anyone object to that i mean because it, what's interesting is bruce greenwood was so great as he, pike. Was. he was his version but but yeah, his was. pike was a whole different pike his pike was supposed to be a mentor it made sense for him to be older um, right you know right. And he's a good looking guy too you know but oh yeah this is obviously a different purposed pike this is a yes um and he's supposed to be very different from lorca um mm-hmm. i think they're they wanted someone who's the you know I, I, he's described as the opposite of Lorca and I love what I'm looking forward to is I love Lorca's my favorite character of the season first mm-hmm. season and mm-hmm. you know I think he is for a lot of people yeah yeah I think a lot of people yeah so I'm looking forward to seeing the finding myself liking the opposite of Lorca yeah I really liked what uh, Alex Kurtzman said about you know how they sort of went about making Pike this time and I said that. He's a man who's very kind, who has tremendous authority, and yet can still apologize when he's wrong. Right. Which is, of course, in many ways, the opposite of Lorca. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's great. I think it's a really great, you know, that's the kind of thing you want in a leader, I think. Right? You don't you don't want a dick who's never wrong. You don't want, you know, you don't, it's, I think that's really great. Like, it's a good combination. At least on paper, you know, it looks good. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, I think we've covered the high points of well i mean there's one thing we really we just touched on a little bit which is um it really wasn't part of their presentation but um we covered it in my interview with uh the executive producers which is oh yeah the, the the beginning of of for lack of a better term, the Star Trek cinematic universe on television. Yeah, right, that's right, what right. I was just, just going to bring up. Stuff. I, that's what I was just going to bring up. I'm so bummed that they just didn't say really anything about it. Yeah, well, I, well, I mean, I'm glad because I'm the only one covering it. Because it was all about Discovery. And, and so... I mean, I remember. I mean, I've known Alex for years. Alex comes over and he says, "Hey, Anthony." And I said, "Hi." I'm and the first thing. I mean, we cut this out of our videos. Is hi, Alex. You know, I'm not going to talk to you about Discovery because <laughs> I don't. You know, he's he's talking to everyone about Discoveries on the panel. I said, "I want to talk about the thing that no one's talking about, but we know what you're doing, <laughs> right. which is this all this other stuff." And he didn't give right. us much, but he certainly confirmed that it exists. That they're working yes. on things, right. yes. and um, and it it's less. It's less imminent. I think the thing that came across is it's less imminent than maybe we thought it was. Yeah, um, seems like um, it. Yeah. Although, 
Um, I'm still convinced that they will launch another Star Trek thing in 2019. It seems like they have to to keep this going. You know, yes. keep people. Yeah, they have to. Know. Whatever momentum they have, they have to build on it completely. Yeah. Yeah, because of course they've lost momentum right now, and I don't think they—I don't think they want to lose it again, you know, in the future. Right. They will at least announce a new Star Trek thing in 2019, but I think mm-hmm. we will actually see something. I don't know what would be first, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and what what Heather said I thought was very interesting, which is it's not all about Heather Kadeen, who's who's the uh, president of Secret Hideout, which is Alex yeah. Kurtzman's production company. She's kind of his second-in-command on this whole build-the-universe thing. And right. she implied that there may be things that aren't... You know, we think of every Star Trek show is always kind of the same thing. It's a one-hour science fiction, live-action drama, except for the animated right. series, which was kind right. of a spin-off of the original series. And... Uh, she made it clear that that's not what they're just looking at. Now, I don't know what these other things... I mean, the an obvious one, again, is an animated series. And, right. Well, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars has two in development right now because they're doing Clone Wars again and they're doing this mm-hmm. new Resistance one. Mm-hmm. And it makes... It's made sense. I've always argued... I remember arguing with Orsi years ago saying, make an animated series, make an animated series. So, Oh, yeah. It's such a good idea if they can mm-hmm. pull it off. But we know it's yeah. never going to be on the seat, you know, on, on, um, and that's the other thing Kadeen said. I, I just don't see an animated series on CBS All Access, you know, less move no. as the one thing no. he had, the one failing he would admit is, you know, even on, on CBS is they do not have a good kids audience. No, they have, they have mm-hmm. nothing for that. Yeah. And yep. in a, so the big question is where does it go? Because they, you know, in an unmerged CBS yeah. and Viacom, it, it right. you know, if they, if they if were merged, they, it would be easy. <laughs> right. You put it on Nickelodeon, yeah. which is yeah. the biggest kids brand, and you're done. But so who knows right. where it would be. My guess is it'll be on CW, the CW Seed thing. Right. Um, like some anim- some of the DC animated stuff. But, uh, yeah. but, th- but there may be other things that, you know, so... But yeah. she kind of implied there's other things that aren't animated and aren't one-hour drama, and I'm still trying to get, like, like what are you talking about, sitcoms? I mean, I'm still unclear. <laughs> sitcoms, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> you know. Uh, but We can uh, finally get our keeping up with the Cardassians. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe she's, she's you know, maybe she doesn't count a miniseries, uh, you know, as a yeah, regular show, because I think there will be, yeah. but... There, there's going to be more Star Trek, and I think it's not all going to be in the Discovery universe. I think it, it'll be expanding out, and that I, you know, I think every Trekkie should be excited about, but a patient on. And yeah, so, definitely patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the you know, it's clear it's not just like they've been secretly cooking this up this whole time, and right, know, we didn't. Pat, Patrick right. Stewart has not been shooting a Picard series behind the scenes for you know, right? Uh, he made. Because let's face it, if that were true, dude, people would have sniffed that out at this point. Oh yeah. Let, let, let's yeah. be let's be real. You know, somebody would have leaked something by mistake, or they would have seen him. You know, go to Pinewood, Toronto, for some reason or something, right? Be, yeah, it people would, be would easy, have seen it'd something. It'd be easy to suss that out. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, if, I know people are excited about the possibility of Patrick coming back, but yeah, you definitely need to be patient with that. That there's so many moving parts in bringing him back. Yes. The big one, I think, being the monetary aspect of it. 
So. Right. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patrick, they're gonna have to back up a Brink's truck to Patrick's house in order to do this. So. <laughs> they might. They I think might, that yeah. I think any show with him would not be. It's not. They're not gonna rebuild the Enterprise. It's not gonna be. They're not gonna remake. It's not gonna be Star Trek: The Next Next Generation with him back in the chair. I mean, right. I'm not saying this with inside info. I'm just saying that would be a mistake. They would, mm-hmm. you know, they should oh, use yeah. the character but do something interesting with him, not just do the same yeah. thing with him. It should be oh, absolutely, you know, an ambassador. I mean, kind of like what they did with Spock with the two-parter. Um, you know, it's in, in Next Generation where he went off and did his thing on Romulus. Like Patrick Stewart should be doing something new and interesting and different. Um, right, you know, right, right. ambassadors the obvious thing, but maybe not that, you know. Uh, so, anyway, I was joking on our last podcast that it's just going to be six hours of Picard picking grapes at the Picard Vineyard. <laughs> right, <laughs> old man Picard just old picking man grapes. Picard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you know, we got a little bit of info on that, but not nearly as much as we wanted. Yeah, it yep. was more like a few little winks and nods. That you're like, yes, it's mm-hmm. really good. Sure, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, thanks. Which is good. I mean, at least it's sort of confirmed in that sense. I, but. If people were reading, you know, they're, they're reading the interview we did, and then they were watching the body language, and there was yeah, yeah. many body, body language experts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you watch the video to go along with it, I think yes. it, it, it gives you a few little winks and nods, you know, so to speak. Not yeah. literal, but... The body language kind of says something. So head on over to trickmovie.com and check out that video as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. I know. If you haven't already, go there. That's right. We, a lot of, we have a lot of good stuff. And some more Comic-Con stuff coming up, too. Yes, yes yep. Tony, Tony was on the red carpet and got really good interviews with most of the cast. So keep your eye out for those. Absolutely. More to come. More to mm-hmm. come. So speaking of more to come... Um, there's the other sci-fi show that we cover at trickmovie.com. Our, our so, adoptive show, as we kind yeah. of say. Yes, the Orville, which also had a big event, as Tony alluded to earlier, at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. They previewed a, a trailer for their season, a rather lengthy one. I think it was about three and a half minutes long. Yeah. Well, they've been in, they've been in production longer than Discovery. Yeah, much longer. So they gave us some, some kind of glimpses of some real substance there, you know, beyond the first. They also shoot faster. They have a much faster, not much faster, but um, they they produce maybe three episodes a month, whereas Discovery does about two. So, mm-hmm. how did they get so fast? I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, they're they're, they're I mean, Discovery is actually slower they're, than they're most. They're a little slow. Yeah, slower. Most TV shows in LA, some of them. I mean, back in the day, in Star Trek. I mean, they used to they could crank out week. F- four yeah. in a month. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, breaking. Um, you know, so doing three in a month is not that unusual at all. Right. Right. But Star Trek wants to, Discovery wants to be more cinematic. They take their time. Blah blah blah. You know. Right. Right. So, Game of Thrones, they probably take a month. Who knows? I (laughs) I don't know, yeah. Anyway, the trailer came out, and it's kind of a hodgepodge of different things. Like, like in the sense that the Discovery trailer kind of loosely gives you a sense of what's happening. Well, but, I mean, it has to be a hodgepodge. It has to to be a kitchen sink, because there isn't a story. Right, no, right. 
Right. You know, right. it's episodic. It's episodic. Right. Right. And well, that's what I'm just trying to say. It's giving you more of a taste of everything. So it's a hodgepodge. Right. In that sense. Because the show, in a good way, is a hodgepodge. It's a, and 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 when you talk to the guys and you listen to the panel, they, they Seth especially talks about the first season as if it's almost like an experiment, and now he knows what mm-hmm. to well, do. And it was an experiment. They freely admitted that. Really, especially the first three or four hours, it was yeah. very obvious they, they were they, like, trying to figure out what worked and what yeah. didn't. Right. right. They knew they knew that they were doing something that was gonna you know need a need a little shaking out. And that's okay. There's mm-hmm. there's a um, if you compare the way these guys talked a year ago to now, and I remember talking to them back then and talking to that, they're exuding a, a real high level of confidence now that they weren't back then because they kind of didn't know what was going to happen back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now I think they know who they are. They know what they are. Um, they're going to lean more into sci-fi. Um, the, the the jokes are going to be more organic. It's it's I, I'm again. Opt, it's such a different show than Discovery. I hate when people like try to compare them. It's yeah. You know, it's it's like, not fair. To, it's not fair to compare. The, 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 nope. They have they have different objectives. They have different goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Structured differently. Yeah. You can't. You know. Um, you know. Sure, they're both in space, but uh, you know how many cop shows are there? How many medical shows mm-hmm. are there? But they're different. Right. You know. Saint mm-hmm. Elsewhere is one kind of medical show. ER is a different kind of medical show. Yep. Um, and these are Grey's different. Anatomy kind of, is yet another kind yeah. of medical show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 you could like them all. I mean, I don't right. happen to be fans of most of those, but that's you know. But you can like them all. And I, I'm, you know, yes, it's a TNG pastiche. Um, oh yeah. But even then, I think they're going to be trying I, to, I to carve their yeah. own ground this yeah. year. I think yeah. so. I think that's one of the things that you can take away from like the season two trailers. There's some stuff in here that is definitely different, and it looks good. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing about having a first contact scenario is incredibly like exciting potentially, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that we all, in theory, want to see, right? Like that we're all sort of interested by uh, science fiction for, right? So I think that's really cool that they bring that up. I think a thing that one way they'll they'll start differentiating themselves is although the show isn't super serialized, I think they they do want to develop the characters more than yeah. you saw on the Next Generation, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and have it be less standalone in that sense. Um, so. Uh, not as a you know, and, and Seth would talk about that's not a criticism of the next generation. It's just a reality of the way shows are made now, um, and you know, but that is definitely you know that they aren't copying next generation in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. No, no, they're not. No, it's just a, it's like a taking off point, like it's just you know, a departure point for them. That's all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so. If you liked the first season, which I thought was uneven, um, yes, it's uneven. Uh, then you should be very excited about the second season because I think they know that, and they know what worked and what didn't work, and they're going to lean into what worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, I think they Seth doesn't feel 
compelled to go joke, joke, joke all the time and with this one anymore. So I think if you're a sci-fi fan, that should be good news. And he even he even talked about how he didn't like how they promoted the show. As just a comedy, yeah. Yeah, I always, I'm convinced that the reason it got really bad reviews is a combination of you know how the show was promoted with what yes. people with expectations. So if you're just your typical critic, right? You're the critic for the, you know, local paper in Cleveland or you know whatever and you hear, you know, Seth MacFarlane has made a sci-fi thing. You you immediately think it's going to be half hour gags, Galaxy yeah. Quest fart jokes. jokes like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you get and that, and, and you can tell that's what people assumed. You can tell. Yeah, so oh, you get yeah. you get the screener, and it's three one-hour things. One of which is like this compelling, weird, uh, you know, allegory, um, and very serious, um, you know, with courtroom scenes in it. And you looked at it and you're like, "What? What is this thing?" This well, is a- and then of course the thing that I think biases them is that first one has the whole you know ex partners like ex you know. Ex-husband and wife push back together. Oh, tee-hee, this is a sitcom setup. And I think a lot of people stopped there and went, well, who cares, right? Like, this is... They saw exactly what they wanted to see in it, which is like, oh, this is the yes. worst of everything, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, people... Critics had the knives out for that show. There's no question. Yeah. You right. Know, a lot of critics don't like Seth, and they just went straight for the jugular. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, it, yeah. but, you know, so... But yet it had a very strong fan following and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it does the the ratings are pretty good um not great not terrible but you know even when you're on the line you're seth mcfarlane at fox it's an e- easy decision for them to keep uh, on board. yeah yeah yep. he makes them so much money like yep. they can they can do this yeah yeah so um you know again though it's you know it's it's what's <laughs> It's a little annoying. I'm putting my Trek, TrekMovie.com hat on. I kind of wish these shows would get out of sync. Now they're even more yeah. in sync. Yeah, they're very, exactly. yeah, they're very Almost, close now. I mean, yeah. if, if Discovery comes back in early January, they might be like a week apart. Right. Well, because yeah. Orville, Orville starts December 30th, which is, by the way, is a right. bizarre thing. Why yeah, it just, is weird. Yeah, why don't they why just they start in the new year? I don't I don't get it, but whatever. I, there must be a... Is there a football game? Is there a playoff game that day? Yeah, there's a football game on yeah, the 30th. They're going to run the first they're one. They're going to run it. On yeah. a Sunday. All right, so and then, right. and then I think, switch to, to a Thursday. Thursdays. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be paired with Gotham. Um, right, right. And... So I think they both run thirteen. I don't know. Don't quote me on Gotham fans. I'm a Gotham fan too, but that you know those two shows will each have you know uh, mid, our mid season shows essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so starting in January, we've got two shows to cover every week. You know, with reviews yeah. and previews, and it would just be nice to s- spread those spread them out. Yeah. Spread those out a little bit because it makes life easier for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so why, you know, I need to talk to Les Moonves and, you know, Alex Kurtzman and say, you know, and Seth and say, look, you should be <clears throat> concerned about me. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the fans, uh, you know, but it, it but it, for, the, the, in a serious note, having them be together yeah. um, forces the, almost unconsciously because yeah. you're seeing them within days of each other whereas 
Um, it was great when the Expanse came back. I'm a big fan of the Expanse, and it's it it in itself is its own different thing. It's it's hard sci-fi, it's very mm. scientific. I mean, you know, Star Trek and the Orville try to hand wave the sci-fi um, and say that they're tied to science, but you know, the uh, Expanse goes much you know even further into kind of sticking to realistic sci-fi. Right. Although they they get into some. You know, they they've the latest season shows you a little, you know, extra super sci-fi that I don't want to spoil anyone. So even that show has its things, but it's great to have that show come on, and it's a different show, and you know, and it's it's nice to spend a few weeks in the Expanse universe, and then it's over, and then you know, then another show comes along. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but well, before we uh, leave the Orville stuff. We've talked about this in articles um, before in our little roundups and analyses that we're pretty sure that it looks like <clears throat> Halston Sage, who plays Alara, is out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and from this trailer, we can re- we can see her. Uh, she's clearly gone home, and it sure looks like she's upset and kind of staying home. So we don't know why, but there's little glimpses of that in this trailer, so... I think that's all but confirmed at this point. <laughs> well, um, I've got an interview coming out later this week. I, I tried to get the producers to talk about it. They, liter- they literally said, why don't you ask Seth that question? But unfortunately, Seth, <laughs> Seth le- left the press conference before I could get to him um, oh. because they had to go do the Cosmos panel. Um, yeah. But, Terrible booking there. So they're like, "Oh, go ask the boss." We can't say we can't answer that. <laughs> but they said that there's interest you know, that there's an interesting story to tell with her character yeah. and yeah. with the new character played by Jessica Zor, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm 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 I kind of on one hand I'm interested, on the other hand I just I just. Hope it all are good and interesting stories, um, yeah. right? Right. And it's really not that big of a deal if if she's not in every episode um, of season two. You know. Yeah, it is interesting that I guess Halston Sage wanted to leave the show because they were clearly building up Alara to be a major character. Yeah. 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 So, it's yeah kind it, of a it is, and she was good. Halston I Sage. Liked, she was good. I liked Alara. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's it's a it's a bit of a loss for the show, but uh. Yeah, it's still not official, so we can't kind of say she's leaving. You know, maybe you know we, but we know that she's not in every episode because she's shooting a movie while they're right. shooting episodes. So right. right. So all signs point to. Yeah. But we know she's in some. She's just not right. in all, and we know that there's right. another actress. So, right. you know. Maybe she comes back. Um, we've seen that before. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so she goes home. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get another Picardo sighting. And we know that too. We, they've they've shown him on Twitter filming stuff. So we right. Know. Oh, and now we know that we've got another one. Spoiler alert: Tim Russ. Um, oh, that's right. He right. just he just divulged that just today, right on Twitter. Right. In fact, yeah. you know, I I haven't put up my interview yet. Um, but in my interview, I'm like, so any other Trek uh, cameos? And they're like, well, there's one, but we can't tell you. Um, 
And then everyone was like, oh my god, it's Patrick Stewart. And then there were, no. they kind of made it clear no. it wasn't Patrick Stewart. No, it's not Patrick Stewart. Yeah. But, you know, you figured, oh, it was someone else, and now we know it's Tim Russ, which is great. You know? Um, but is uh, he? Did he guest star in the same episode that Frakes was directing? Yes. He did. Oh, yeah, because Frakes is still directing right now. Right. So that's, right. yeah. 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 So oh, that's, that's cool. Exactly. They've, he's directed him many times before, so... Very cool. Exactly. Frakes, man, I, I was making this joke the other day, but I think it's really true that Frakes is sort of the Kevin Bacon of the Star Trek universe now. You know, six degrees, <laughs> six degrees of, of, of Frakes, basically. You can connect Frakes to almost anyone in, on Discovery or the Orville or, you know, all, you know, it's like you can kind of connect him up to all kinds of stuff now. It's true. Well, we were talking about Rebecca uh Rebecca Romaine. Romaine. Yeah, she was a Frank's connection. She was on uh, Librarians, which which Frank's directed many, many times. Yeah, and I think he was in the last season. He was an executive producer, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, and there's your there's your Frank's connection, everybody. And Aldous Hodge was also on. Wasn't he on Leverage again? He was on Leverage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same people who put together the Librarian, same production company. Um, with who always work with Frakes. Frakes directed a bunch of those as well. Yeah. So there so, you go, everybody. Yeah. You can't get away from the Frakes. He's everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of cool, you, actually. Yeah. I, I've always been so infre- impressed with the way Jonathan is able was able to shape a second career for himself. It's 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 interesting how he could go from working on Discovery to working on the Orville and. Mm. Uh, I hope it would be great to talk to him about his totally different visual styles, totally yeah, different, different, you know. I mean, and it must be weird because, you know, he's literally working with Marvin Rush at on the Orville. Oh, uh, that's right, yeah. Feel, feel like a homecoming, um, but he's got to completely change his style when he goes over to the Discovery um, yeah. and the way well, he works with the actors. Uh, well, and that's the mark of a good TV director, of course, is that you can just go to whatever set you need to. And adapt. And adapt, yeah. Yeah. The act, I mean, the thing about Frakes is that a- actors love working with him. Anytime you talk yeah. to actors, they mm-hmm. just... Yeah, they everybody just, extols his virtues, yeah. Yeah, because because he's an actor's director, and he understands mm-hmm. actors well. Um, and you know, I've never heard a bad word about him from an actor on or off the record. It's always effusing praise... Um, and, you know, I have heard bad words about other people, you know, and other, you know, some directors are difficult to work with, you know, mm-hmm. so everyone loves Rakes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I think we've hit all the high points. Yeah, I think that's our Comic-Con recap right there. Yes, I think that is our Comic-Con edition. Um, well, we're not... I, I, We've still got more coverage coming for Comic-Con. Yes. I don't know when this podcast come out, but we're going to be covering it all the way through the weekend, probably, because there's just so much stuff in the folders. Yes. Um, so, yes. You know, this isn't the we end of our that. Comic-Con coverage, for sure. No, no. No, no. no. There's no, more interviews that we've done that will be turned into articles. There's, we haven't even gotten around to <laughs> writing up our Orville panel, you know, summaries and impressions. Those are coming. There's all, So there's all kinds of stuff. Yep cosplay more merch stuff we didn't even talk about merch um but you know if you're a reader of the website 
check out the the there's more new Star Trek stuff introduced at this Comic Con than I've seen in a long time. Um, new licensee, new stuff from previous licensees. It was a good year for Star Trek merchandise, both mm. high end and medium end. Some really cool stuff coming from you know and covering Discovery and non Discovery stuff. So yep. uh, check all that stuff out for sure. Absolutely. And next week, a bunch of us will be in Las Vegas for the official Star Trek convention. Mm-hmm. This is a crazy time of year, folks. Uh, San Diego and, and Vegas are almost back-to-back. So it makes for interesting times at uh, the Good Ship Trek movie. There's a 10-day gap between the end of one and the beginning of the next. Yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah. Anyway, we will be out doing full coverage of the event check back every day and then after it's all over we will do our annual recap here on the show pod so come back early and often folks and i and i believe kayla will be back for star trek las vegas and on the shuttle pod yes she should be uh, yes we uh, missed kayla yes we miss kayla very much yes so stay tuned stay tuned folks all right everybody all right, bye everyone. It was bye fun. Everybody. Thanks.